The warmest of festive greetings to you, and welcome to Merrily Ever Teaching! <laughs> this is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in a knowledge-rich curriculum using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Rob. I work in a small village school just in Buckinghamshire. I currently teach Key Stage 2, but have worked with all year groups up to Year 6. Hi, I'm Toria, and I'm a Year 4 teacher at a large junior school on the south coast of England. I'm also the host of the Tiny Voices Talks podcast and author of the Tiny Voices Talk book. I'm Caitlin. I'm a Year 1 teacher in a little village school at the opposite end of Buckinghamshire. I've appeared on Tori's podcast and I'm a contributor to her book. Hi, I'm Nicola and I teach in a school in Southampton. I've taught all year groups and also worked with teachers at Teacher Training College. Hi, I'm Bex. I have experience teaching across the primary schools so all the way from early years to year six. I've also been a deputy head and I also train trainee teachers. And today we are exploring what English we can teach with a Christmas folktale from Mexico. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for The Forbidden Christmas. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator as of December 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, brightly illustrated by the fabulous Mario Coelho, hopefully in time for Christmas if you're really, really quick. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, let's take a moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every single week. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with everybody here and Lola and Don Pedro. And we're going to see what English learning outcomes we can find for ages four to seven with Caitlin. So, Caitlin, what could you find for us? I have two different ideas sort of centered around writing letters. So I was thinking maybe if you started telling the story and then sort of paused it around the time that Lola finds out that she can't take her donkey to church. I thought about writing Hmm. a letter either children writing it as themselves or writing in role as Lola, writing a letter to the priest with reasons why animals should be allowed to come to church. Because I'm pretty sure Lola would have Uh, lots of good reasons why it would be absolutely fine to bring her donkey in. Although as a bit of a side note, as I was writing these ideas down, all I could think of was the Vicar of Dibley with all the animals coming to church. (laughs) And I did think, "Mm, is this such a great idea? But I know the children would run with it. Would would that then be you trying to write a persuasive letter or or would you also have them writing a letter back so that they can give the other side of the argument? Well, I guess it depends on the age. I think year two potentially could do sort of both sides or maybe you could do Mm. half the class writing in favour and half the class not and sharing their ideas that way. Thinking of sort of my year one class, I think their letter would be persuasive in the sense of they'd get right behind every bit of Lola's frustration and grumpiness. <laughs> they'd they'd run with that and try and persuade that way rather than being <laughs> particularly linguistic with it. How dare you call yourself a vicar? <laughs> I can imagine some fantastic lines, like brilliant one-liners from some of my kids. My second letter was kind of in the same vein, but sort of going off the end of the story where the animals were allowed to come into church. 
you know, as you're coming towards Christmas, you're kind of looking to sort of keep things quite exciting because the children are, you know, as much as maybe we don't want them to, their brains are sort of getting into holiday mode already. And hmm. maybe writing to the head teacher to ask for an assembly with animals in it. Obviously, we know it's not going to happen, <gasps> but... You know, they could get really fired up about this, thinking, well, how good would it be if we had an assembly full of animals? And I think that could be quite yeah. exciting. That could get quite persuasive. <laughs> well, you could get quite persuasive for your class. I mean, my classroom has a fair few animals in it anyway. I have two guinea pigs and two giant African <laughs> land snails. I mean, any animals that come into the building seem to end up in year one, so maybe we need to persuade that animals should be everywhere else as well. Yeah, yeah definitely in the hall for assembly. And, and I, I can see from Bex's face, she's strongly considering this idea as well. Yeah, I was going to bring my horse. She could play Don Pedro. Yeah, exactly. It'd be great. And the school dog can be Lola, maybe. I don't know what she what might want to be. Yeah, it would be. It would certainly be a way of almost doing some editing, I guess, some editing work with your children. If they've already written a draft for the vicar in the story, and you, and you could do that as part of the story as well. So you are, again, making use of the motivation that comes from children supporting a character in the story. You know, if, if you're pausing the story, like you said there, Caitlin, to do that, then they're definitely definitely going to have the purpose behind it the motivation to complete that activity but then once you've got to the end of the story and you've already got those letters there you can pick them back up again and say well actually how do you feel about getting some animals in the school hall for the school assembly let's see if we can convince the head teacher and this is a fantastic opportunity then to go back to those same letters and teach your children the very valuable art of editing looking at their work again and thinking how might you change this to make it better clearer maybe get the thesaurus out and use some words that astound the head teacher with just how literate you can be when you have a particular point that you wish to make i love it we'll have plenty more animals in the school by the sounds of it by the time we get up to ages 7 to 11 with with you nicola what uh, english did you find i love poetry and i think once you with PSHE have discussed the key themes of the story the children mm-hmm. could potentially create a poem that shares some of those themes, retells some of the story, uses um, literary techniques, rhyme, maybe alliteration, interesting vocabulary and so on. I've actually written a poem while I was inspired by other people speaking in an earlier episode. Yeah. I'd like to share it. It's um, But hopefully this could be a, st- a link to then children doing it themselves. Lola dreamed, Lola moaned, Lola argued, Lola showed. The determination to get your way can unexpectedly save the day. Don Pedro the donkey was out of luck when under the bridge he got stuck. Our heroine came and got him out. Rushing to the church, she spoke with a shout. The people listened, the people prayed. Like Christians who believe, the village was saved. Be brave like Lola, our heroic lass. And from happily ever teaching, happy Christmas. <laughs> Whoa, Thank you. That, is that was literally just written before when you guys were nattering. <laughs> but, um, Goodness but, you know, me, you're going to do me out of job. No, 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 you, no you not really at all. Should be, uh, <laughs> I, I do love writing books. poetry. And actually with my classes, I, I do that. And I often write it in front of them. I, I call it throwing up poetry. It literally just sort of comes out. And I, I think giving children the freedom with words and if they're familiar with the yeah. story can allow them to be creative. And you can't judge anyone on a poem. I know mine rhymed there, but it doesn't have to rhyme. It just mm-hmm. has to 
to flow in the way that the poet wants it to flow. So I think poetry is, is a way forward to be creative here. Those really are some beautiful sentiments there. And yeah, I love the idea of just showing how it's done in real time as well. Definitely. Uh, Sometimes I, I have to ask my class, don't talk to me. And literally, they just, we have a, a theme, obviously, <laughs> and then they cannot disturb me for like three minutes. And I throw it up and then I share it to them. They're like, whoa. And I'm like, you can do that. And the, the amount of children that can do that themselves just because mm. they're given the freedom and the courage to have a go is... And because they've seen you model it. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do you edit it in real time as well? I do. What I often do is once I've thrown it up, I'll show them the notes I've written and I read it to them, but then I type it up and then I, with them actually often, they help me to edit it often as well. Yeah, no, that's worked really well. Like weather or if something terrible's happened, you know, we talked earlier about highs and lows in life. Sometimes Mm. we're all experiencing something because we as a school community know something, but using poetry as a media to move forward with that can really help and it's also so so good isn't it for those children who really struggle with writing because they don't have to produce as much so actually there's real power in just picking some adjectives or verbs just a few words to create a poem so I've noticed that my writers who struggle sometimes to get ideas on a page actually when there's no rules there doesn't have to be like a page of writing or a certain length of a paragraph I think poetry is massively powerful and sometimes it's one of the things that kind of we don't have time for as educators because there's so much else to do. Um, but I think it's really, really important. So thank you for reminding us of that, Nicola. No, that's true. I think it's interesting. It comes up at secondary school more, but a primary, like you say, primary, it's not even been in like the test papers for the last whatever years. It's not a thing, but actually mm-hmm. it's such a fantastic way of interpreting language in a, in a different way because everyone's interpretation of those words is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So it opens up some interesting talking as well within the classroom. Yeah, and, it, and what it gives that love of language. I mean, I know you said that poems don't have to rhyme and they don't, but pretty much all poetry up until I think the very early 20th century would rhyme. It was seen as one of the dominant features of the art. And I think that came about because it shows just how beautiful language can be and how there can be some inbuilt musicality to it. Definitely. And you think about modern day rap. And I remember when the president of America was inaugurated and just how there was a modern day rapper speaking and it was a poem that it was just incredible. And like you say, music with rap and poetry can come together to inspire, hopefully. And if you give children that love of language, then of course they're going to be seeking it out everywhere they can, both in the rap songs, but also in books, especially books that contain a lot of rhetorical devices, because that's what we're talking about here, rhetorical Mm -hmm. devices. Rhyme is a rhetorical device. All rhetoric means is the art of speaking, the the art or the sound of words. So if you can think of in terms of the rhyme, think in terms of the beat as well. I mean, you could could with with a story take one aspect. We were talking in in PSHE about the argument that Lola had with her mum and just Mm. taking that emotion of arguing and putting that into a poem or fear when she saw Don Pedro stuck in the water just taking a small element and using that as a basis to write would be also very good well having talked about very high literative arts let's bring it right down again with our christmas cracker jokes and um well you were talking robin becks about having a christmas cracker off do you want to crack on with that i think rob should go first just in case we've got the same joke okay <laughs> and then i can find another one. Oh well in that case no becks we should let you oh. go first because Rob's got enough to last us the rest of the <laughs> the two weeks. So if, if anyone's going to get there first, I've, it should oh, well, be Well, I've got an English one and a science one. And this is an English one. Sorry, Rob, if it's yours. What do Santa's little helpers learn at school? Uh, Rob, do you know uh, the answer I do to know this? the answer to this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the alphabet. 
the alphabet. Oh, yeah. It's one of those where you think, you, you, you're, yeah, sure you're, you're sure know you know it. it. You're sure you've heard it before. Is that your, the one you had, Rob? Uh, it's not, no. What did the English teacher call Santa's helpers? English teacher? Yeah. I don't know, but there must be three adjectives in it, right? Subordinate clauses. <laughs> <laughs> did did you hear the correct answer, Bex? No. Subordinate clauses. Oh. <laughs> I thought I thought you were telling Chip there were subordinate clauses. <laughs> <laughs> That's sadly all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy knowledge-rich learning in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Lola and Don Pedro will help us teach maths. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So... Cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon! soon.